Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. Boggy Talk Nation. Is <laughs> that your new thing? That's That's a, new I thing? don't know. I, it's a two-week thing. I think oh, I'll okay. give it up after okay. this because yeah. that sounds so, good so to sticky. Me. Uh, hey, we hope you're having a great week. Hope things are going well. Hope all your dreams and goals are coming true. But if they're not, we're here for you, boo. Speaking of being here for you, boo... How you doing, James Ross? Wow, 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 wow. Well, you came off pretty caffeinated this, this morning. And so. look at this pencil. <laughs> this pencil is this pencil is older than I How am. How do you even have this? Dothan's First Baptist Church, not First Baptist Church, Dothan. Dothan's First Baptist Church yeah. from 1997. Wow. It, this it pencil was, is from 97. It was on the floor is, in the music suite. This pencil uh, here, is and I picked it up. older than Alec, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right? That's or the old, same age? Same age, maybe. Wow. Yeah. This, Our student this, minister. Wow. I Yeah. How do you have that? I, it was literally on the floor in here. So somebody dropped it, and I picked it up because I needed to make some notes. Wow. And it looks like this pencil is really, really old, Wow. Too. Wow. Um, I got is, us majorly off track. Hey. we. But, I'm good. That's what you asked me about. You good. I'm good. But you were doing the... We hope your dreams and goals come yeah. true, boo, <laughs> yeah. which I don't if they're not Christ-centered. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you're a little more soft about that. And and I'm good. Plug it along. Water bottle still. Bible yes. plan still going. Things are good. Um, yeah. You know. It is February. Wow. February. January's February. done. We've we've made it to February. Yeah. And tomorrow's Groundhog Day, uh, which I don't even know why that matters. We're, we're taking off tomorrow, right? Yeah. All of this <laughs> the holiday dismissed from work. Office is closed. We're just gonna <laughs> cancel everything to see what happens with the ground. In Florida, we don't care. It's I'm like, like winter iron will be chilly. All right, for six yeah, months. another week of weather in the 60s. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. It's been a little. It's been a little nippy yeah. around here. Yeah, but hey, days. exciting things coming up uh, for us as a faith uh, family, as a church. Uh, coming up this Sunday, we have Vision Sunday and Vision, Vision Sunday. Night. Exciting. Yeah. We're taking a break from New Year, same truth or series in Mark, and we're talking about vision and where we've been, where we're headed. So hey. Yeah, for why our are we doing that? For our Pentecostal friends, it's not what you're thinking about when we say Vision Sunday. <laughs> Woo, what's you yeah. gonna see? Yeah, so no, yeah, we're gonna just take a day. We have a vision statement, you know, do whatever it takes to lead people to believe in Jesus, belong to God's family, become, become. who He created them to be, impacting the world for Christ. Why is that our vision and mission statement? Yeah. And we have some values. We have some, um, you know, es- discipleship essentials of worship, grow, serve, give, reach. Like, why? 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 Yeah. What are we trying to do here? Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about all that. And then that night, you know, special service. Um, and we're going to hear some testimonies of just how God has been at work. I need to send those emails. Um, <laughs> how God's been at work and um, some music, communion, yeah. saints mm-hmm. at home. I mean, you, you kind of. That's yeah, me. yeah. Vision night is I, it's a sweet night one because we get to uh, we one of the, the things we do is we have Saints at Home, which was we honor everyone who's a part, been a part of this church who passed away the year before, and that's a sweet time to remember. And I think it's a great time to do it on Vision Night because you know the mission of the church advances, but we recognize that we stand on the shoulders of people who have given much, just like this pencil. Just like this pencil stands a lot, hundred years in ministry. Uh, Dothan's but it, first uh, Baptist Church. Yeah, so it's uh, you know we're standing on the shoulders, we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses 
And uh, and then uh, we uh, talk about where we're going. We're going to take communion together because that's what unifies us is the blood of Jesus. Uh, and it's just a sweet time. So you should be here. Be a part of it. It's going to be wonderful. I say that phrase, stand on the shoulders of people all the yeah. time. But you realize that kind of. You ever stood on somebody's shoulders? It's a lot of heavy weight. It's but not they, safe. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> but you Maybe know, like we're hoisted up. We're like, we're like that human pyramid, that competition yeah. they do in India. Have you ever seen the videos of that? Yes, like it's the, scary. Yeah, and eventually it collapses. But we're, this is this is a found, we're on a firm foundation. That's right. Oh, oh A rock of oh, Jesus. Oh, there you go. Man, firm. That's right. So, hey, uh, this week, uh, continuing Mbagi Talk, our series Resolve, talking about goals that people make, why we make them, why we fail, and how we succeed. And we've talked about uh, health and fitness. Last week, we talked about organization, really personal growth, things like that. And today, we're talking about everybody's favorite to talk about, especially a church, is money and finances. Hey, how come the viewership just dropped from Man, people just literally just clicked. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we're talking about money. And uh, this is the number three goal uh, and popularity that people make, usually some type of goal related to saving, spending, investing, all those things. So why do we make these goals and why are they important as a Christian? So... Why? Why? I think I'll start. I always, I always like pitch okay. the question. Then you, yeah. I think you know, Jesus talks about money. The Bible talks about yeah. money, and so there's a reason. You know, Scripture says that the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. Ecclesiastes five ten says, "Whoever loves money never has enough." Mm. Uh, and I mm. think Jesus talks about this a lot, uh, specifically because. And the notorious Big says, "The more <laughs> money you come across, the more problems you see." <laughs> That's right, mo <laughs> money, money, money. We got to see all our songs it's about true. money. But I think you know. Here's the thing. You quoted Jesus and Solomon, and I quoted Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> That's right. Um, that's how it goes around here. Yeah. Uh, really, what else has the capacity <laughs> or power to be an idol more than this? I mean, other things definitely, but this uh, is the root of all sorts of evil, leads to the roots, of, leads to so much, uh, so many issues. So uh, how do we as Christians handle our money, and why is this important? Well, we don't want our hearts to be overtaken by money, and we want to be captive to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so when you think of save more money, spend less money goals, I think that means people are probably in a position where they're not content with what uh, their money is doing uh, for them. Uh, I think it was Oswald Chambers, but I can't remember who originally said it, but I did read it from him that, you know, wonderful money is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think Michael Scott said Michael that. Scott <laughs> quoted Oswald Chambers. Um You know, I think that we know, you know, we're created as humans to have dominion. And so nothing should have dominion over us except for Christ. And so um, I think money can often have control over us. And I think we see that. We may not articulate it the way I'm saying it. Um, but we articulate that. And when it does, we want to, we want to say, Hey, I want more control. I want to save more. I want to spend less. I want to hopefully as a believer, I want to see these monies being used more for the things that God wants them to be used for. But I I think we probably need to start with sometimes people aren't even able to fully get there because their spending is out of control. Mm -hmm. So, so why are so many people in a position where their spending is out of control, living above their means, um, not even able really to keep up? Yeah. Why? Well, I think uh, there's a quote by uh, G.K. Beale, and it says, like, we will become whatever we, uh, this isn't a quote, this is a paraphrase of his quote, we will become like what we worship, 
to our ruin or to our restoration. And honestly, mm. it's like what mm. we worship, what we behold. Mm. And I think it's because uh, ultimately, I mean, the root is like, it's a worship problem. Uh, but the root is, is our eyes aren't fixed on Jesus and our eyes are fixed on stuff. And, right. and let's yeah, just be honest. Good. This is like, don't want to like sound like we're like, perfect in this because listen, the temptation is real. Like yeah. there's nice stuff in right, this world. Right. Like, there and we live nice <laughs> and, and we want it. And, and we, we think, you know, it's going to make us happy, but it goes back to the scripture from money, Ecclesiastes. Money, money. If, if you love money, you'll never have enough. And the, that's right. And the same is true with stuff. If you love stuff, you'll never have enough. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, look around we look at people, what people are driving, we look at people where we look at houses, we look at, you know, just the latest, like, it's it's it, there's something cathartic about buying something new and you're like this is so exciting and then that wears off and you're like well now well it's our society's stuff. built around selling you yeah i mean stuff marketing so, yeah, yes yeah. everything Image is tied to st- everything is tied to money and we and with social media and you know if you read that watch that documentary about um the social dilemma remember that yeah, like yeah, now yeah. we're Ooh. the product you yes. know we're being we're sold. programmed to yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's certainly out there. It's all over the place and we can't escape it. I mean, you can't live in society mm-hmm. and escape the the temptations of commercialism. Yeah. Uh, so, so question for you yeah. is if there were a thing or two that hmm. you were going to spend way too much money on or are tempted to spend way too much money on, what is it? Uh, for like, so personally, uh, man, I think I just like, things to be nice. So it's like, you know, like you could like clothes, like if I didn't have a lot of kids, I would probably spend way too much on clothes, but it's not an option right now, but it had like before kids, like probably was like, you know, I night before, but before a lot of kids, I was, you know, it's just, yeah, I like, I just like that. And not, not that I don't even like shopping. I just like to have like cool stuff Uh, or like stuff for the house. Like, it's just like, I like things to look nice and like a lot of live, laugh, love much. (laughs) Yes. All uh, just to, to, just to browse around Kirkland's and hobby. (laughs) No, uh, I feel like I leave (laughs) it's a headache waiting to happen. Be still and no dot, 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 (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Know what? That costs $400. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not that kind of stuff. Okay. But you know, just like nice stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What about you? Uh, and yeah. food. Like if I if I could, I would just eat like delicious, like awesome food. Like a lot. Hardee's. Hardee's, <laughs> man. Is there a Hardee's around here? I, I, there's one in Crestview, and I think there's well, one in yeah, Fort Walton. Yeah. I think there used to be one in Niceville. Okay. I'm sure there used to be one. There used to be a Hardee's everywhere. Okay. Yeah. I, just, I stopped. Well, no, I, really. I just love like good food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fancy food. Yeah. But uh, that's, yeah, it's not life right You're now. You're fancy so. schmancy over I like there. Nice so mine would be shoes. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I like shoes. shoes. So I guess you could say clothes too. Um, and then, and probably do spend a little too much money on clothes. But most of the things I get are on big sales and all that. But, yep. you know, and then, um, and people are always like, oh, Christy dresses you. No, no, she does not. I pick out <laughs> my clothes right. and I really care about it. And then secondly Me would too. be uh, traveling and going to see places like, uh, yeah. you know, I and and, and, yes. and we'll get to like some of the healthy tension here, but like I could overindulge in that. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's interesting is I think a lot of more free spirited people um, like that's how their materialism is expressed. So they'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe people spend that much money on their houses or cars. It's like, Dude, you just went to Europe, and then you went to the 
Yellowstone, <laughs> then you went to California. Like you just dropped ten G's <laughs> on those trips. Like yeah, which I you know. So don't act like your materialism is better, right. but those would probably be mine. Like I'd love to see yeah. the world. I've yeah, married a wife who doesn't want to see the world. So <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't think about I did I was thinking about stuff, but yeah, uh, travel and experience. That's why <laughs> that's why I go to. <laughs> The slums of India <laughs> on a mission trip, you know, uh, just to see the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people so, are always like, "Have you seen the Taj Mahal?" I'm like, "No, no that's not why no, I'm no, going." No, no, yeah, that's not the point. Yeah. But I think you know, it's important. Like, first is recognizing like the areas we are tempted to, and, and I think it's different for people. You know, different. We're going to have different ways we're drawn to overspend. Uh, but you know, so how do we remedy this? Well, there's practical things, and, it, and of course, you know. It, it does get to like, what is the root of this? And I think for me, it's like, do I want nice stuff? Yeah. And do I struggle? Is it a struggle to, in my own mind, like to not be able to have some of the things other people have? Like, do I get envious? Yeah. Like, like my I, shirt? Yeah, like that shirt. You're like, is, why don't I have that shirt? <laughs> yeah, it's this very nice shirt. Thanks, with thanks. a nice lion with wings. <laughs> yeah. What, what's yeah. that called? Lion with wings. It's called a something. Uh, there's a name for it. His shirt says, I know the have, I, I know the have. You don't even know <laughs> I the can't scripture. Read. I know the plans I have for you, dot, 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 if you were ever captive in ancient Babylon. Thanks. It's a reference Thanks to Jeremiah. Yeah. Anyway, it's more so, so a reference to how people how yeah take that verse Jeremiah. out of context but I think and they're like I can have whatever <laughs> possessions I want yes, because God has a plan. plan for me right his plan is for me to go on that trip and have that house yeah, and have those cars do, and, yeah. yeah I think you know it's recognizing like you know, those struggles are real so what do we do with it and I think for me like here's here's the here's the macro of this the, the big picture is like if I'm struggling with discontent that's the fruit of my life well yeah. fruit is always the result of a root yeah. and fruit and root so if if the fruit of my life is discontent then why? Well, it's because I'm believing a lie. Yeah, like I'm believing yeah. uh, a lie about God. Yep. And so ask this question, what lie am I, or unbelief am I believing about God? And so if yeah. I'm struggling with discontent, uh, the lie that I'm, be- I'm choosing to believe rather than, the, the, rather than who God is, is like I'm choosing to believe that God doesn't provide enough for me. He mm-hmm. doesn't have my mm-hmm. best, that, mm-hmm. that that thing will make me happier mm-hmm. than contentment in Christ. Mm-hmm. And then like what lie am I believing about myself? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm my my worth or my happiness is dependent upon mm-hmm. something rather than someone. And so then you renew that that lie with the truth and then you're building an this is the, the establishing a new root system. Well, what is the truth about God? That God is sufficient, that God provides, yeah. that Jesus loves me, he died on the cross for me. And then what is the truth about myself in this? Is that I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. I have everything I need in him. Like he's enough and you can go on and on. And then that starts to produce the the produce the fruit of contentment, a satisfaction in him. It doesn't mean that the struggle may go away, but it's a way of picking the bad fruit off the tree and pruning, you know, like mm-hmm. Jesus talks about like the father being the vine dresser and, you know, he takes the things that don't bear fruit and then letting the the truth of his word, letting the truth of who he is uh, transform and produce the fruit that I want to see and, and, you know, the fruit of the spirit in my life. So that's the macro of this is that our eyes are fixed somewhere that they shouldn't be. And we're looking to something to give us the joy that Jesus gives. Yeah. I mean, and Paul, so picking on the shirt and saying all that, but you know, Paul's warning to Timothy in first Timothy chapter six, he talks about how people go astray, um, you know, seeing godliness as a means to great gain. And I think there's a lot of people, you know, so we could talk about how the world does this, but most people listen to this are believers. And, and really, if you're not a Christian, like we 
we don't want to lecture you how you spend your money. We want you to see the treasure that Jesus is and him to change mm -hmm. your life. But Paul tells Timothy, you know, godliness with contentment is great gain. And I think that, you know, that's really that's true. When we seek to live a godly life and we're content with what God gives us, uh, it really is great gain. It really opens us up to be rich uh, in good works mm -hmm. and to see God at work in our life. And I think, you know, I think that that really is the issue. And I think, you know, for a lot of be professing believers, you know, that they're seeing godliness as a means to their own gain. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, the, the, the justification for their own materialism. And I think that, you know, that's problematic. And so, you know, my, my advice there would be, um, you know, is again, deal with the issues of the heart, but I really think, and I, like, I know that for whatever reason, like it's become unacceptable to talk about, but being someone who at, gives at least 10% of your income to God through a church that you believe stewards it well, transforms you. Mm -hmm. I don't know very many people who do that, mm -hmm. who their hearts aren't transformed. Because yeah. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And personally, you know, we believe that 10% is the basement. Yeah. Um, I, I recognize that there are probably people, single mothers, uh, people on fixed income, who like 10% might not be, like they might not be able to give that and actually like feed and shelter. And so like, you know, that's between you and the Lord. But I think most people who aren't doing that are like, well, I won't be able to go experience this if I don't do this. And it's mm -hmm. like, so you don't trust God that if you're like, he said, this is very clear about giving and keeping with your income in the new Testament. And then these other things, like maybe should be things you should do in your life. And you're like, no, I have to do these things. So I'm not going to honor God here. And I'm like, okay, if God really wants all these things for us, then maybe if we did this, he would still provide those things in some other kind of way. And I know personally, we have seen that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we, again, we, we say 10% the basement. So we just, out of an intentional desire in our heart to not be, um, you know, like, okay, I've got given God what I want to give. We give above 10%. And then we also say, hey, Lord, what are some things you put on our heart to give to? What what are things happening in the life of our church, people around us? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, try to save a little so that we can be uh, open to, um, so first of all, so that we can not ever have something happen financially that puts us in a position where we can't uh, maintain a life of generosity. Right. And secondly, is the Lord opening our hearts to things that might cause us to be generous. And, you know, with kids, you know, we realize that there's some limits, but truly we desire, if the Lord would will it, to be at a place one day in our life where it's like, you know, 50% is like spent on other things, you know, on other people. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we'll ever get there, uh, but, you know, that's just, that's kind of, we're just keeping to move towards that goal and yeah. always have been. Yeah. I think a practical step is if you don't live on a budget, like, Set it. Set one. And I think yeah. here's, you know, whether that's like going through a, a program like Dave Ramsey or Crown Financial or some kind yeah. of budgeting program. Uh, and I think some, I think a lot of people don't live on a budget, one, because they want to live in denial. Also, I think uh, many people don't live on a budget because they don't think they need to because they have like in their their jobs like they they make enough they don't ha like have okay to baller shot caller that's not me like we got a budget but I think a lot of people are and I think here's the plan I, I saw that somebody post this and it was a quote uh, from John Piper a long time ago and they were posting it just a few days ago and it said an eighty thousand dollar salary or a hundred and eighty thousand dollar salary doesn't 
mean you have to live an eighty thousand right. dollar or one hundred eighty thousand yeah. dollar lifestyle. And his point was is like no matter how much you make, like leverage as much as you can for the kingdom. And I think this goes back to perspective. And if yeah. we have an eternal perspective, if you know, like it's it's it is a good gift from the Lord to enjoy like nice things. Like it's yeah. it's a beautiful thing when we get to enjoy like a nice meal. This is a gift of grace. They feasted in the Bible. Yeah. And so, but if that's like every meal, uh, and we're like these lavish lives where we are neglecting the needs mm-hmm. of others. Like we are, we are not walking in obedience to to what <laughs> Scripture well, tells us. You know, and I think we just have to say, like, I want, we want to be in a position as citizens of an eternal kingdom to use what God's entrusted us with now for His glory, and well, so making that, that part of our budget. That mentality of I deserve this, like, so mm-hmm. I've worked hard, mm-hmm. you know, and and I I deserve this is is really dangerous. Um, and I think we have to realize, you know, it's not just what you do with the 10%, it's what you do with 100%. Every yeah. dime you're given is from the Lord. You're just a steward of that money. So, like, I think the alternative, which I don't think many people do, <laughs> you know, to what I was saying about people who don't give is people who say, okay, I've given my 10%, and so now I can do whatever I want to do with the other 90%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's really not in any way what Christ is calling us to. And, you know, I, I think, I think as friends, like, I don't think we know where the line is. Like, so, so, you know, I don't mind, you know, a couple a year and a half ago, I bought a new vehicle and it was like, you know, or not a new vehicle, used vehicle, but it was like, okay, it was $1,500 more to get this one that had leather and had a DVD player and hadn't have all this stuff. And it's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to spend the $1,500 more to get that, you know, but, but I really thought about that. Like, do yeah. I need all that? And it's worth 1500 bucks, like, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I run through like the value of the resale, all that yeah, stuff. That doesn't matter. Wise I mean, investments. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but so, so I, I'm not going to get into debate with you. Like if you have a Lexus, <laughs> no, seriously, like if you have a Lexus right. versus a Toyota and like it was $8,000 more for the Lexus, but the Lexus performs more. Like we're not talking about that, but, but I do think it's okay as friends to say, Hey, tell me about why you bought that car instead mm-hmm. of, you know, that why why'd you buy that basic white Honda Pilot? <laughs> Cuz I just got a new car, or a used car. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but really yeah. like uh-huh. You know, you you should have the right you should have people in your life mm-hmm. who, who say, you know, you might across the line here mm-hmm. and you really should wrestle through that. We should never get to a point where we just spin flippantly. Right. I don't care. I have enough money. Yeah. Yeah. Because typically you're going to end up not having enough money if you live like that. Right. And secondly, it's God's money in the first place. Absolutely. And I think we just kind of justify it because you're like, we're like, well, I can. So I did. Right. And rather than saying, what's the bigger, what's the bigger issue here? And and two, I think a lot of times, you know, we're, we're pastors. And so I think a lot of times when we talk about this, people may often like, well, yeah, you're pastors. Of course you want to and it like it doesn't really like affect us necessarily personally like if people give more to the church like it we have no clue uh but at the same time it's like you want i just want people to experience yeah. like it is such a joy to see god provide and like we ask god to provide yeah a lot like yeah. god provide for this but like do we ever put our position ourselves in positions where he has to provide mm-hmm. you know i just think like for our family you know and personally just I think we've seen him provide over and over and over again. And I, I want something that someone told us and we try to instill this in people, uh, especially people who are younger than us that we've discipled or walked in community with is that don't wait until you think you can 
to yeah. be generous. Right. Like if you're like goes back to like Luke 16, like the be faithful with a little, you're faithful much. Like yeah. be generous even when you don't have much, because then it's yeah. a pattern of your life and it's this natural thing. It just becomes a natural rhythm of your life. And so it is it's this beautiful thing when it's just like part of your life. It's a natural rhythm of your life to be generous. And mm -hmm. I would say, so you don't wait until you feel like you have enough to to give. Like just do it. And see God provide. I think another thing that uh, we, I think you know, we are we we should you know take care of our families, right? right? You know, like we we should like. But why do we why do we want to have margin in our budgets? Why do we want to we want to do it for the kingdom? So mm -hmm. people will say, well, I've got to take care of my family first. Well, yeah, like the scripture tells you to to do that. That you know you are worse than unbeliever if you don't provide for your own family. However, I think we do need to define what it means to take care of our family. Mm -hmm. Cause I think a lot of people use that as like, I need to give all the things, all, all the, trips, the things, right? everything, yeah. every experience yeah. to my kids oh my gosh, or my grandkids. trip, it's $9,000. They have to go. They on. have to I'm go. I'm a terrible parent if they you don't know, go. We want to make sure our, my child or my grandchild or maybe my people have every opportunity and every advantage and every experience possible. And then I can give the leftovers. Right. And that's really not what we're talking about. You know, like experiences are fun. Vacation is fun. Like those are all good things. That That, is a, that can be a holy thing too. Mm -hmm. Like a, you know, but it's not to then give our leftovers to say like, Lord, how do we use this all for your glory yeah. and to advance your kingdom? Yeah. I mean, we're not getting into, you know, debating whether or not you should spend X on a vacation got or whatever. That. Like th th that's okay. Like, you know, it's okay to do some of those things, but really it's a question of, you know, where your heart is. And uh, just a few weeks ago in our, our Bible reading plan, uh, we went through Luke chapter 12 and in there, Jesus tells a story of, the guy who um, he basically, you know, has all this stuff and mm -hmm. and he wants more stuff. So he builds bigger barns, you know, to accumulate his stuff. And he says, um, you know, he's not rich towards God and his soul will be required of him. Mm -hmm. And really he's saying he's received his reward in full. Then he transitions and he talks about, you know, being someone who seeks first the kingdom of God and not being anxious about God providing for you because he will. And I think that's the transition that has to happen in our hearts where we're not trying to accumulate anymore, but now we're saying we want to be people of the kingdom. And as we are people of the kingdom, we see God providing uh, for us. And, and and really that's a richness um, that is is greater, is is the great gain. Uh, so, you know, my advice to you, my practical advice would be this, create a budget yep. and, and I do premarital counseling, you know, with, with couples that create a budget and in that budget, 10% to the Lord, um, through, through a church you believe in and trust. Um, again, if you're mm -hmm. a single mom or, you know, in some, you know, an older person who's sick yeah. and you can't put food on the table and, you know, have shelter. First of all, please come and talk to your church family because yeah. uh, we, we're going to help you. But I, I'm, I'm not being legalistic about that. But if you're not in that situation, do that. Even if you have debt, even if you have other things, like prioritize that. Yeah. Then, you know, of course, start working off paying off your debt um, and um, not living beyond, you know, beyond your means, not trading in a car every four to five years, you know, making them last, doing mm -hmm. stuff with that money. Um, and then I also encourage you to have five and 10-year goals. Uh, that you're working towards, or maybe 20 if you're, you know, a little bit older, but, you know, goals that you're working towards, that your budget is uh, sitting you in that trajectory. And I, and I would just say you need a person or two to look through that budget and and tell you what they think, yeah. you know. And, and I think that's a big part of this um, is we are people who 
are open to others' input on, um, you know, how we're spending our money. And I just, I just, I just want to be, you know, it's not about what God wants from you. It's what mm-hmm. God wants for you. And the same for us. Like we just, we, we want to be, and we want to see you as a person who really sees the Lord using the money you have yeah. for his kingdom. Yeah. Like don't buy the lie that more stuff is going to make you happy or more money is going to make you happy. I think uh, one of the things I was thinking about too, is that, you know, I've missions pastor and done led, you know, live overseas, but also led a lot of trips and short-term trips. And one of the things, you know, most of the time you're serving in an area that isn't quite as developed as it is here and, and people don't have as much. And like people who go on these trips, literally almost every single time will say something like, I was just amazed how the people there didn't have. <sighs> Sorry, near, I have done that. Yeah, but it's like, but people do that. Like, I'm just amazed at how like, people there didn't have nearly as much as we do, but they all were just so happy. And you're like, yeah, it's like, like you think there's a reason and it's because stuff doesn't make you happy. Like, yeah, you know, right. and, and yeah, there's a lot of other factors that we could dissect there and get into, but, but really it's the truth of like this stuff will not satisfy yeah. us. And so we, yeah. what is going to satisfy us? Jesus, who is going to yeah. satisfy us? Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, enjoy the, the goodness, the gifts of grace that he gives us. And ultimately say, Lord, how do we steward everything? Like make it our goal. Like how do I leverage more? How can I posture myself more? How can I budget myself more? More, to be able to be more generous, mm-hmm. to give more generously and sacrificially mm-hmm. uh, for the kingdom, because it mm-hmm. is there's such great joy in it. It really is. Like yeah. you know, yeah. you sow yeah. sparingly, you reap sparingly. You sow generously, you reap generously. Yeah. And, and Jesus is so good. I feel like this is one of those issues where you know it starts with repentance, and then it's daily repentance. Because mm. for me, yeah. living in this society, I'm <laughs> the temptation does yes, not go yeah, away. It does not go away, and yeah. so. Uh, you know, again, not saying even where the line is, but just I have to guard myself against being driven um, and creating idols uh, mm-hmm. out of out of clothes, out of experiences, absolutely, out of, out of things. So yeah, yeah, it just creeps in. So hey, if you uh, want to talk, be free. To, yeah, be free. Yeah, if you've been set free, free indeed. That's right. Uh, so if you uh, want to talk about this, if you got questions, if you need to flesh this out a little more, hey, we would love to talk to you. Uh, if you got questions, your uh, question might be, where did James's water bottle go, and why did the setup? Yeah, look well, different? we had we a little technical difficulty that. earlier, and we had to like redo something. So James, if you're watching. You'll notice. Did you did you notice that James's water bottle mysteriously disappeared for the last few minutes of this episode? <laughs> if not, thanks for <laughs> thanks for paying such close attention. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. Hey, hey, join us next week. We're going to be diving in. Uh, we got two more weeks in Resolve, talking about uh, time and how we really really focus our energy and make the most of our days. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, our, the not just every day, but like uh, our time. You know, life is a vapor. How to carpe the diem? Yeah, how to carpe the diem. That we're going to talk about. Like, carpe the diem. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hey, tune in next week. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.